those baser survival instincts will drown out within us, within crowds, within communities, within the world. And I think we're seeing uh, uh, the other side of that. I think we're seeing a much higher sense of, of intention and purpose for our fellow travelers and a level of care. And that's exciting. And I feel like at the heart of the matter and our conversation and the conversations that you're having are contributing to what is consciousness and how can we all be doing the work? Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, changemaker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. A great privilege to be here today with Mary Welty Dapkis. Mary is a CEO of Fresh Intuition, which is a professional and leadership coaching and consulting business. But most importantly, Mary is near and dear to my heart because she has been my coach for the past five years. And as I describe in the episode, Mary has been a steady guide to me throughout these five years, helping me navigate each stage of my own expansion and teaching me to trust my intuition, a guiding force in my life that is at the heart of my spiritual practice. In this episode, Mary and I discuss the new wave and leadership that values soft skills, which I don't love that term, soft skills, like emotional intelligence, the power of the pause, integrating masculine and feminine energies, intuition, and so much more. From this episode, I hope you sense the power of a solid coaching relationship to assist you with your own expansion as it has me over the last five years. All right, let's dive in. All right, welcome everyone. This is David Richards with Heart of the Matter, and I'm here with the wonderful, lovely Mary Welty Dapkis. Did I say your name right? I've never said your full name. You did. All right. I have known Mary for five years. She has been my coach for five years, and for another episode, I will share all the things I've learned from the wonderful Mary Welty Dapkis. But for today, (laughs) we're going to focus on emotional intelligence and other things that are that she wants to share in her her learnings and her journey but I'd love to just start out by hearing from Mary just a little bit about you and what work you're up to and just so the the listeners can learn more about you. Thanks David and what a treat really for both of us uh, to to a have created as we have together these past five years and it's just really with a sense of both joy and pride at looking at what's happened talk about heart of the matter um so thank you yeah just a little (laughs) little shout out there i express in many ways yes i am a certified uh, life coach and emotional intelligence assessor and consultant 
and I've had my own uh, coaching business for uh, a decade now. 2020 represented, you know, the 10 year mark. Yes. And I work specifically with people uh, in all decades, pretty much 20s, mm -hmm. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, nice. because my area of specialization is change and transition. Mm -hmm. And people seem to be drawn to uh, kind of when they're at a crossroads. Yeah. And so I like to say that my first coach was life. Yes. <laughs> when I went through a significant shift in consciousness uh, after a period of time, uh, about four years where I had this weird, I worked with a lot of Western medicine and Western medicine doctors who were suspicious for multiple sclerosis. Mm. And of course, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. And thankfully, eventually it was excluded. Mm. And yeah. however, for, for a lot of people, it one can go through these, what my uh, coach mentor, I'm a Martha Beck certified life coach, in her book, Steering by Starlight, Martha talks about a phenomenon called the shaman sickness. Mm. And we can experience some kind of uh, illness in the physical body that likely is also coming from our mind, our emotions, and our spirit. Like Bell's so, palsy? Like Bell's palsy, David. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Let me stroke my let me stroke my wisdom beard on that one. Yes. And yeah. as we the shaman sickness doesn't necessarily always resolve specifically. The Christian mystics talk about, you know, that awareness of the physical body still ailing, even though the spirit was quite strong. So that, you know, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, you know, axiom. Yeah. Yeah. So that then in turn led to a real shift in consciousness. And in that shift in consciousness, the plug that I had tripped over at some point in my 20s and got pulled out from the universe, if you will, was yeah. that strong, clear, intuitive sight and sense. Mm. And when I went through the healing journey from the shaman sickness, I emerged the other side really dynamically reconnected mm -hmm. to uh, that shift in consciousness, that spiritual awakening and that plug being firmly restored, mm -hmm. which years later led to the name of my business, which is Fresh Intuition. Mm, yes. And yeah. So for a number of years, I worked with people rather like myself and I worked with a lot uh, of women I worked with mm -hmm. some men and mm -hmm. then a client like yourself came along, you know, yes. this very dynamic entrepreneurial. Uh, it's an area that's I, I love. And yeah. so I begun to feel the call uh, in my own work to deepen my ability to recognize and feel my own feelings. Mm -hmm. And I also be recognized. Wow. There is a way that I think more people in the business community, in the kind of mainstream working world needs this kind of support. And emotional intelligence is, it's a kissing cousin, if you will, in my opinion, of intuitive intelligence. Mm. So oh, it's yeah. a smart framework to, uh, 
study and invest in. And so I did research and I liked, uh, it's like buying local. I liked that mm -hmm. even though there were a lot of national programs uh, to learn about and to become an EQ trainer and facilitator, there is a Bay Area nonprofit uh, organization called Six Seconds, an mm -hmm. EQ network. They, it was started by a group of educators, I want to say about 30 years ago. Okay. So that's how I came to not only journey into what became my professional work starting at 48, mm. I also then added about four years ago, this really, it's become a wing. It's a way that mm. I've been able to really take off and be of service to a whole other uh, segment uh, in my work. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm just, <laughs> I've experienced you as your, the person who's being coached by you. So this is like a new role for me to, to be like asking you questions. <laughs> and, exactly. But I will say, as you have taught me and many of my friends in this group and on this podcast have taught me that I have to listen to my body. And when you were talking, I was feeling a real surge of emotion because I wanted to share with people how deeply transformative your work with me has been. So I really want to say that in this moment because can't make this stuff up. <laughs> My body was speaking to me and saying like, you know, I have really gone through a transformation through our five years together. And it's really cool that I met you halfway through. You're now 10 years in as a coach and that I met you halfway through. And I found Mary when I was and this is before I had really honed in on my intuition, but then these moments are so beautiful because I don't know if you remember the story, you probably do, but I was, you know, this part of the story, which is I was in this, this decision point of whether I wanted to stay or leave my job that I had kind of climbed the ladder and I was in the executive seat and I was in the parking lot of the grocery store in Santa Clara and my son fell asleep. I can't even remember. I, at this point, I think my daughter had even been born. So my son was asleep in the car. So I said, Oh, you know, I told my wife to go into this grocery store without me. And then I was looking at my phone and I thought, I really need, I really need to find a coach and the moment where I need a coach. And I just went to Yahoo. I didn't even go to Yahoo. I put into my search string, I put coach San Jose, Martha Beck. Oh, and then that's right. The Mary Welty Dapkis, all five stars came up <laughs> on Yelp. Then I went to Yelp and, we, and I reached out and I had a 20 minute conversation with Mary. And this is how amazing she is. In the 20 minutes, I don't even think it took you 20 minutes. And then about seven minutes or maybe three minutes, she said to me, you are amazing in so many ways. You are so great at bringing out the best in others. And what I want to help you do is bring out the best in yourself. And for five years, that's what you've helped me do. And it's been so beautiful. And I could, we could spend hours, I could spend hours talking about <laughs> the five years of our time together. But I just had to at least share that, you know, five years with growing together and seeing you grow and having me grow and just an amazing journey. And so I just really wanted to express so much gratitude for that. Well, I, I acknowledge that I receive that. And then I radiate that back out again. That's like something like emotional intelligence. That's where you, you meet people mm -hmm. in a particular way that it's both the teacher and the student. Yes. You and I have both yes. been able to share that role. I, in turn, ended up investing in the whole framework of emotional intelligence in order to serve even better clients yeah. exactly like you. Yeah. 
you brought out in bringing out the best in yourself. You still did, David, what you've done for so many others. You brought out the best in me. Yeah. That was, that was one of those pivotal moments in my coaching work in terms of look at this really dynamic, you know, intelligent, this innate life path you have as a teacher. Yes. So it's not surprising that I felt, oh, you know, that, you know, that up leveling. It's like, oh, here I go taking on a client like this. It's like, it's really going to bring out. You know, I really want people to hear this part because I remember when we first started working together that you would say things like, well, I don't, you know, I don't have the business degree or I don't have the business experience or I don't. And you would do the kind of qualifying statements. And I always would think that's so weird because I've never thought that I've never, like, I've never experienced you in a way that like, I wish I could have like a real coach or like someone who's more business or anything like that. But I could see that you were going through that process, but I never experienced it that way. So I want to say that out loud because I think we all have those stories. And I met you and in seven minutes, you're like, I got him. I know exactly what he needs. <laughs> and then we had this transformative experience. And, but I, I, I did see that you would say those things and I'd be like, yeah, but I don't care. I don't care that, you know, you didn't have a normal professional, professional career and you raised your two kids. And I was like, that's cool. I love her. Like I, I saw you for exactly what you were and what I needed. And I just, I want to make sure people hear that because I know that it's a struggle that all of us have. Well, you and I've talked about that before, which again is where it's where this bigger, bigger umbrella, you know, that, that we're talking now in the layers under that, that kind of intelligence, that, yeah. that being smart with our feelings, that intuitive yeah. intelligence, that, over time, one of the things that I've really discovered and I'm working, you know, I work with it in terms of embracing it is yeah. I'm not terribly conventional. No, you're not. So I had a very conventional looking life in a lot of ways, you yeah. know, very traditional. I've been married, you know, 32 plus years, you know, my kids went to private schools and then they both went to public colleges. My son shares Berkeley grad experience uh, yeah. with David. And until just recently, you know, a house with a white picket fence and, yeah. uh, and yet at my core, far less needing for these conventionalities, for this structure that yeah. really, I think sometimes the best of us with this social comparison of, oh, I don't have this, this, or this. Again, you were one of those pivotal clients that really showed me and showcased me in terms of the impact of showing up exactly yes. with this intuitive intelligence and emotional intelligence and curiosity and the inquiry of a spiritual teacher and letting those things all combine. Yeah. And the other thing that's really beautiful about our time together, and again, I think this is what's so great about a coach and a coachy relationship is that, that you're able to meet people exactly where they are. So, and as we've gone through this journey, Whatever I'm going through, you're always meeting me right where I am. Well, and what's even more impactful is when you're meeting yourself right where you are. Yes. That, yes, as a coach, that, that's my role. Uh, it's no different than, you know, having a team. I talk, I talk about my clients as a roster and <laughs> yeah. that have a roster of clients. And I think about that from that perspective of, Everybody has different skills. Everybody has different 
strengths and yeah. and challenges. And it, it's one yeah. of the things about specifically the EQ work that I do. It's very similar to positive psychology mm. take, which is we lean into our strengths. Yes. Uh, and eventually the shadow or the challenge side of those strengths helps us build in a new area. Yes. So I think it's, uh, I, I love that you're recognizing a part of your coaching process that really works for you. And then I, again, that mirror that you were talking yeah. about earlier, that then recognizing that if you have the capacity to meet yourself where you are, that's even more, creates that opportunity for growth and expansion. Yeah. Well, let's talk about emotional intelligence. That's another yeah. thing we have in common. And I told you the story when I was in graduate school in 2005, 2004, and I read Daniel Goleman's book and I literally almost fell out of my chair because for the first time in my life, I was like, there's a different type of intelligence that's, that's actually validated and real because, yeah. you know, everyone always says, oh yeah, I mean those soft skills. And I always felt like I had these really strong soft skills, but it was so kind of whatever the word is devalued in our society yeah. that I didn't really think it was very important. And then when I read that book, I was like, this is actually something that I have a gift that I'm really good at already. And then when we met, you were talking about doing the certification and we've used it so many times, but just like to yes. hear, you know, what, what's your, what's your feeling about emotional intelligence and where, where it is and where, where we are today in the middle of the COVID crisis and just general, general feelings about emotional intelligence. Yeah. Uh, for, for those who may not be familiar, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of technical, uh, very descriptive paragraphs. At, at its most basic and simple, it's the ability to respond in a smarter way with what we're feeling. Mm, okay. So it combines the relationship between our thoughts and our feelings and how they lead to actions. Those, the reactivity can bring us to places like fight, flight, or freeze. Yes. And so we can start to even notice it that, that way with, with our awareness, which is a big component of emotional intelligence, self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is reactivity. Even if I can't stop it, which of course we can't. The founders of Six Seconds, which are a group of educators, came up with that name because within six seconds, mm -hmm. we have been fully onboarded with yes. whatever emotional reaction was. Yep. And it can be the whole gamut. Obviously we can go from zero to 60. And if it's, if it's under the umbrella of the emotion of anger, we're flooded. Okay. Let's go through the one that happened to me. So you're sharing great. and I felt it in the body and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so moved right now because I've been, I built this relationship with this amazing coach and we're having an interview and it's just like, and I, and I watched it and I thought, Hmm. And I almost started feeling like crying. And then I was like, well, I probably shouldn't start crying in the middle of the interview. So, but I had those six seconds while you were talking. Like that's great. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they may have, according to Jill Bolte Taylor, Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, who, mm -hmm. you know, is kind of on my short list of uh, really um, inspiring uh people, you know, sort of on my board of directors, if you will, she yeah. wrote my stroke of insight. Yeah. And in that she talks about the 90 second rule. So mm -hmm. in six seconds, there's this, obviously all the good neuro, uh, uh, cortisol, you know, 
we have emotions, uh, receptors all throughout our body. We have, we have mirror neurons, you know, there's all that sort of technical, uh, that, that the body's having its own reaction separate from what yeah. the mind might be doing with that. Right. And our ability to respond is as you were describing, you were aware of it. You mm -hmm. noticed the flood that mm -hmm. could a flood. It, yeah. it, I'm hearing that you might've described it as an emotion like poignancy, that mm -hmm. it was mixed with both, you know, this sort of sweetness and, mm -hmm. and kind of sad, sort of a little sad on the, you know, the journey that was and the one that mm. will come ahead and um, kind of a sense of gratitude maybe and yeah. joy. And yeah. as that all flooded in without necessarily naming it all, you just were aware of, oh, there's a reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we can learn, because the reaction is inevitable. Yeah. We're human. It's like technology. If I press a button and things are in working order, the radio will come on in the car. Yes. You know, the, the air conditioning fan will turn on. There's mm -hmm. a button. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's when people say your button's been pushed. Right. So right. The button goes on. And in six seconds, we're having some kind of reaction. Yep. The more intelligent we are about that, the more we understand that, either those feeling bodily sensations, the, the, the emotional literacy is one of the key self-awareness tools that we can use to build an, un an understanding of those feelings. So you likely were doing that on a really quick processing level so that you had the ability to then let that be happening and then respond in yeah. your given set of circumstances. Right. Yeah. 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 And sometimes the emotion breaks through and, you know, we'll have a moment of, wow, I, I didn't anticipate that even if it were public speaking or, and, right. then, and frankly, we, the mind thinks, oh my God, if I burst into, t you know, I'll be ostracized. Yeah. And research shows that frankly, M more people than not will actually feel attracted to that. Yes. This yeah. is like the Brene Brown work and the vulnerability. Like, Correct. If I had taken this real-time example, because that's so much fun, if I had actually started crying, you know, this interview might go viral. <laughs> 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 you know, like, but it, to have a man crying, but no, exactly. And the other thing that I think is important to note is that I, the old version of me, five years ago, before I met you and before I started on this journey, would have really suppressed that down. A, not recognized it. It would have stayed in the body. Then I would have been kind of uncomfortable in our conversation without even, it wouldn't have been conscious. And I wouldn't have done anything. I wouldn't have done anything with it. And you know that I love the conscious leadership, the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. And mm -hmm. he tells a story about how he works with board members and you know big companies and executives and how they're in a board meeting and they're having a really complicated conversation about the budget or something. And he goes, everybody stop. We're going to do an exercise that's really bizarre right now, but I trust, trust me, it's going to shift the energy. And he gets everybody to, if I remember correctly, they start, oh yeah, they walk around the boardroom and they start grunting and making the noises of the emotions they're feeling. Ah, ah, and they're doing these different things. And within like 90 seconds, I believe, they all sit down and they solve the problem in five minutes. Yeah. Well, and that's the power of the pause. Mm. That when, you know, when there is that kind of, you know, courageous leadership, whether mm -hmm. within them, with, with, first and foremost here, yeah. obviously, 
that leader had to develop that capacity right before he could and he, and he obviously felt whatever he felt when he did it. He felt completely confident and clear. He felt nervous. He felt embarrassed. Nonetheless, he recognized the power of the pause. Yeah. And that it, it really does. And, you know, we hear that all the time. Uh, I mean, Einstein, that was one of his greatest tools was he would hold a ball in his hand, apparently, and he would drop into, you know, what we might call that theta brainwave state, mm. you know, mm-hmm. where we were kind of meditative and, and that ability to then harness instead of the prefrontal cortex. Yes. And all of that thinking, all of those thoughts that can lead to unemotionally intelligent you know mm-hmm. we move further back into the brain and that pause will come back my father-in-law loves to do those word jumbles out of their little local oh yeah paper mm-hmm. and i don't know how many times i've pointed out where he'll do three and then somebody will come along and notice it and fill in you know the two or three that are left and when i invite him to do it he can complete the whole puzzle when he pauses because mm. after a while your brain starts to get stuck in these are all the options that are there i can't see yeah. any more options right. the minute you take the even like you said it could have been that 90 seconds we it's like some it's like we move out of the forced thought process mm-hmm. and we take a break and we come back and there's all of a sudden we can see it. And we're yeah. like, well, why couldn't I see it before? Yeah. So the okay. pause is very practical and there's a lot of great research. That's obviously all the mindfulness meditation. Right. All the breath work. Yeah. Uh, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. There are mm-hmm. lots of great tools that, signposts that take us right back to the same core place. Yeah. Yeah. Like when that happens and, I, and I'm like, oh, this is the same pattern that he's, he's always pushing. Yeah. Well, and those, those key competencies, those come in the part of the practice model of self-awareness. So okay. those particular competencies and, and every, we talked about this when we did some facilitated work for, uh, for growth public schools and yeah. David, that, that the Daniel Goldman, there's, there's a kind of a four square, right. there's a similarity right. with, you know, there's self-awareness, there's self-management, there's self-direction. Uh, and then Daniel Goldman has a, a slightly uh, other uh, box I came across a new body of work. Brene Brown has her new podcast, Unlocking Us, and she okay. had an interview with Dr. Mark Brackett, who is uh, a professor at Yale and runs a, an emotional intelligence uh, program for them and has a book called Permission to Feel. Mm, okay. And you've nailed it. I, I'm, I've just begun uh, listening to the book on, on audiobook. And he uses a framework called ruler, which takes that. So that same idea of having, having kind of a higher functioning capacity to respond uh, after reaction has occurred. Obviously the hope is that the reaction stays here, Mm -hmm. that we recognize the reaction and we're not spewing it all over everyone else around us. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this ruler, I reference it because 
you use the exact word at the start, which is to recognize. That's the oh, okay. That's the first R, is that we there has to be some conscious recognition of what just happened. Where maybe where did that? I believe the U is understanding. What? How do you see leadership, emotional intelligence, and showing up as a leader? Well, it's so funny because. I'm, I, I truly am someone, though, though I've got lots of words, <laughs> no shortage of You're great with words, yes. explaining. I have a great explainer. Um, <laughs> the minute you asked, I have less words okay. than I would invite people to, what does it feel like to be around a great leader? Oh, yes, yes. How does a great leader uh, influence and inspire us? Yeah. So just using those two, what do I notice I feel around someone who mm -hmm. I consider to be, we can use any of those words, a great leader, an effective leader. Yeah. And there's, as you know, you and I've talked about this, there's a lot of different leadership styles. Yeah. It's just with emotional intelligence, we're going to see what is the inspirational, influential, emotionally accessible. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of compassion. Yeah. You know, there's, there's someone who is willing to see their own mistakes or challenges and who, oh, this is, this is a good way to respond in terms yeah. of a framework. So first, I always invite people to be empowered themselves with how does it feel to be around someone in a leadership yeah. position? How does it feel when you're in the leadership position in terms of your impact, effectiveness, feelings? Yes. What comes to mind is the way we started the conversation about how we met and yeah. that initial coaching consultation and identifying here you were someone who had this capacity to bring out the best in others and now moving into bringing out the best in yourself. Mm -hmm. I think those are hallmarks of an emotionally intelligent and impactful leader who has the capacity to do both. Right. Right. And you know that the podcast originally was going to be called the intuitive leader within. So, you know, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And what did the professor at Yale say that you told me before we started recording to the students that said, Oh yeah. When the, on his, on the podcast interview with Brene, uh, he, he says, he's had students come up and say, Dr. Brackett, I didn't need emotional intelligence to get into Yale. And he said, yes, however, you'll need it to get out of Yale. <laughs> I love that. I love that too. Yeah. So it's really, it's basically saying you have gotten here probably because you're really smart because that's the way the college system is basically set up for the most part, especially the Ivy Leagues. I mean, there are a lot of other things they look at, but at the end of the day, they're really, they're really um, valuing traditional intelligence in that way. That's cool. So you come into Yale, you get your puffed up and all this, and then you see this Professor Brackett, Dr. Brackett, <laughs> you're like, I don't need this soft stuff like I was saying too. The same way I had been conditioned when I got to graduate school, I'd already gone through a whole degree and no one had ever said to me, this is really, this is your, your natural skill of intuition and understanding people and, and their feelings. 
is actually the thing that will make you the most effective leader ever. And it's what we're craving in leadership. So you asked a question about that leadership during an experience like this. Yes. yes. Well, we have lots of examples and, and everybody's different. So yeah. we have examples of the kind of leadership that we're seeing nationally and globally. Yeah. In terms of what effective leadership, what compassionate leadership, what inspirational leadership mm. looks like. And one could likely do some correlation with assessing this person's emotional intelligence, their understanding of how emotions drive us, how mm -hmm. emotions drive others, and how do we speak to that? How do we help people manage that versus that gets ignored? The World Economic Forum I'm not sure if it's an annual thing. They, they look at the skilled worker in the global community. And back in 2015, there was a list of 10 attributes mm, and yes. emotional intelligence wasn't on the list. Mm. And it's mm. interesting to be in the middle of a global pandemic, something of historic proportion that we yes. haven't seen since you know, the Spanish influenza in terms of at this global level. Right, right. Emotional intelligence is what five years ago was determined that it would be, and it, it, it's ranked six on the list of this. That was is five a, years ago? Right. They forecasted five years ahead that by 2020, oh, yes. emotional intelligence would be, you know, I think they ranked it six out of 10, mm, yeah. uh, you know, creativity being one, yes. uh, sort of, uh, I think a lot of this adaptability. So it's yes. so interesting to see where we are and that this is a primary way that a lot of us are communicating, connecting and you take that charismatic piece that you might have in person or that dominating sort of out of the equation. And we're getting a lot of information through technology. And so to have that higher, it's sort of like in the Q rating for television personalities and, you know, that we get kind of a Q rating mm -hmm. and this idea that the EQ has its own intelligence. When we listen to obviously how someone speaks and, what they focus on, that their ability to focus on both people's emotions as well as the data and yeah. bring them together. Yeah. And I know um, I'm a big fan of the book Good to Great and then Great by Choice by Jim mm -hmm. Collins. And mm -hmm. they do a study of leaders that are sustainable in their results and their effectiveness. And they look at it for like 10 years, not the ones that come in for a couple of years and then leave. The people that stay, well, they look at the companies that are most successful. Then as through that research, they're like, wait a minute, we're noticing that all these companies that have sustained results also have a stable leader. And then they do the whole analysis on what they end up calling the level five leader. And a level five leader is all the things that emotional intelligence, it's they're humble, they ask good questions, they put, you know, they're a servant leader, all the things that, and I remember years ago, right after I read the book in 2005 and 2006, Men's Health Magazine, which I subscribe to, had an article about emotional intelligence and how men had to get their act together because this would be the leadership of the future. So that was 14 years ago. And you're seeing more and more men and women and just leadership in general, people starting to ask, is this really, this old style of leadership seems like it's, it's kind of dying. It's kind of, you know, it came little by little, especially in this current pandemic. 
Well, and again, and, and of course, because I don't, I don't always participate in the language of the, of, of a business culture. I, yeah. I love the reminder uh, that EQ it, and the qualities and, and capacities of EQ are considered soft skills. <laughs> yes. And again, whether that's a, a, that more traditional way of looking at, you know, kind of matriarchal influences versus patriarchal influences, you know, masculine influences versus feminine influences, yeah. that software <laughs> is clearly becoming vital and not surprising in an age of this kind of increased communication. We yeah. think about hardware versus software. So I, lo I love bringing that in, that it's an equal opportunity because we all have we all have masculine and feminine energy. There's yes. male and female energy. Yes. Obviously, we are made up of X's and Y's. Yes. You know, that 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 mix. So we all have that capacity. And that this is this opportunity as we continue in our evolution to move beyond we're seeing it with the gender fluid. We're yes. seeing it with, you know, increasing acceptance and that increasing acceptance in ourselves of those attributes and qualities that we might have called masculine or feminine yes. Yes. And, and letting them integrate. So we can yes. really have, instead of the shunning of a soft skill, again, it's yes. where that. And I agree. It's an integration of the masculine and feminine. It's not shunning one or the other or kind of buying into those social constructs, but more just kind of like, how do you lead with leaning on to both of those, those energies? So I want to wrap this up, but I do want to ask you the last question, which is, just any other things you might want to share? Uh, of course, the shift in consciousness is the thing that happened for me personally in yeah. 2000, 2006. And then this journey forward. And, and then we go through cycles, as you know, where we yeah, of feel like we're doing, there's that recognizing patterns. It's like, oh, here I am again. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I have this phrase. And uh, for a while, I did something that I called the daily dose of vitamin C. Mm. C standing for consciousness mm. and i would cool. finish each post with consciousness is contagious yes catch it <laughs> so in the spirit of the eq piece in the spirit of that ability to respond that's that journey of lowest energy wins yes unless we're prepared so so the you know kind of those baser survival instincts yep. will drown out within us, within crowds, within communities, within the world. Yep. And I think we're seeing uh, uh, the other side of that. I think we're seeing a much, you know, kind of higher sense of, of intention and purpose for our fellow travelers and a level of care. And that's exciting. And I feel like at the heart of the matter, and our conversation and the conversations and you're having are contributing to what is consciousness and how can we all be doing the work? Yes. Well, I'm thrilled to have caught contagiousness from you, my friend. Oh, likewise. Thank you. It's been fun to, to be on this journey together and I appreciate you coming and showing up as always. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure to connect with Mary. So her contagious energy can be shared with new audiences. Please remember 
if you don't mind, to rate and review A Conscious Way Forward wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join Heart of the Matter, our conscious education community on Facebook. And as you go through your week, I invite you to consider this question. What parts of your intelligence have been hidden behind a false belief that they are not quote unquote valuable to our culture, your family, or your place of work? And what small steps can you take to begin reframing those hidden parts as gifts so you can learn to celebrate them? All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.